Week four of football is in the books, the library books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week number five. Now, there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week five, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help make it rain. Don't worry, if football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all of you basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any b-ball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNBR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNBR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, you are back to That's Good Sports. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys. Uh, That's Good Sports podcast. Make sure you subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, where you can see this, make sure you subscribe in your iTunes feed or wherever the hell you listen to uh, podcasts. Um, you know, we're, we're making this for your face and your ears. So we just need you to subscribe there. We're partnered with DNVR, so check out their podcast feed. And also, if you like you like their merch at the DNVR Locker, use my promo code PERNA to save you some money. Uh, these episodes are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you use code DNVR at DraftKings, when you sign up, you get... Uh, what is it now? A sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. There are restrictions within that, limitations. Make sure you read the fine print, but a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Uh, this week, I think I would not bet on any game maintaining its current time slot <laughs> to be played with all of the COVID-positive tests that are coming out of New England What'd you say? Raiders had a player, unnamed player, test positive. Uh, yeah, stuff's getting crazy. But again, DraftKings powering this episode. Wilkie has a lot to talk about with the Broncos today. Drew Lock throwing, throwing the ball. We got Mike Purcell signed a deal. Uh, a guy you might have remembered from the AAF. So good to see him get paid. Plus, he's been he's just playing really good football for the Broncos defensive line. One of the bright spots along with Shelby Harris as everyone around him gets hurt. And Von Miller hung up on Stokely and by today on 104.3, the fan. So we'll get into that and uh, start to, to look at Patriots Broncos. If that's even going to happen because Stefan Gilmore, the other player to test positive who was seen last hugging and whispering into Patrick Mahomes face. Uh, all right. That was a lot to, to throw down. Will, Say whatever you want at this point. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Just like Von Miller. Classic. Let's talk about that. I thought that was really interesting. Okay, yeah, let's start there. Because I want to start by saying it's really interesting to me because Zach By is like one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. So uh, he he helped me with a video one time. He is super nice to me. We've interacted plenty of times. So he's not like the type of guy who's going to be trying to ask like these gotcha questions or, or putting players in tough spots. Stokely, former player, you think he would have the sort of rapport with current players. 
Uh, Stokely, maybe on Twitter lately, trying to take some some hot take game, take his hot take game up a notch. But they were they basically asked Von Miller about his contract and an extension if if he was considering taking a pay cut to stay with the Broncos, which is what triggered Von Miller, I think. And he hung up on him. They called him back. And when he got back, he only responded with uh, basically, I don't know, to the questions they were asking him. Zach was like, okay, it's clear you don't want to be here. <laughs> so we're going to let you go. And Vaughn was on as like a paid guest. Like he was, a, a company was there paying for him to be on the show, which is always like a good thing when you can't keep your, your shit together and somebody's paying you to, you know, Talk on the radio when you're at home with nothing else to do, given he probably doesn't feel good, probably doesn't want to be asked about money. I think if Zach and Stokely could go back, maybe they rephrase the question differently, but uh, that's what happened. Yeah, I, I think that's a tough question to ask of someone. Yeah. And while yeah. there are probably better answers than I don't know, I wouldn't want to ask someone that. I wouldn't want to answer that question either. I mean, I, I think watching something like this is a good guide for us how not to conduct future interviews. Yep, I totally agree. I don't think players really want to be asked about their money in general. They never want to talk about deals that are being negotiated. I'm guessing they especially don't want to talk about giving up money it's like what do you say what it puts a it puts someone in a really tough spot because if they say yes i i would be interested in doing that then they can't change their mind really at that point without uh suffering some backlash publicly yeah or weakening their 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 negotiation position right they they lose right. their leverage if it, they've already put it out there that they would take less i mean obviously yeah, maybe that's not the ideal question. And maybe you could pitch it like, hey, have you guys started to talk about an extension? Because they're, you know, pitch it like, uh, and I think they kind of said it in a more general way before, but just be like, have you and the, the brass talked about what it would take to keep you as a Denver Bronco for life with your, your contract coming up after a year? And if you just leave it at that, then it's more on Vaughn to sort of, if he was like, right, yeah, we're – we're in those talks. I'm going to take $1 to play with this team forever. And uh, just because I've made a lot of money already. And if I play for $1, fans are going to love me. They're going to love me so hard. Yeah. And they're, they kind of phrased it saying you have a really high cap hit and the salary cap's going down next year. Yeah. It, Players yeah, don't give a I fuck about the cap. No, of course not. I really don't blame him for, you know, reacting poorly to the question. Obviously, when you're there to sponsor someone, you kind of have to play along. But, no, I think they, I think they did a pretty bad job, honestly, uh, with their guest. And I know their producers probably drummed up that question. And they have to, they have to do things like that every now and, now and then to get some engagement. But I'm glad that that's not how we operate. And we're, we mostly try to suck up the players and get them really just to like us so we yeah. can feel validated and get <laughs> just them Just wait come until back. here's a teaser. We're yeah. supposed to to get Akeeb Talib next week um assuming his schedule stays the same and I don't fuck it up uh we the first thing we're asking Akeeb Talib is how much money is in his bank account right now. <laughs> and how much are you willing to donate to salary cap relief funds for the Broncos? Yeah. Well, it's the, like to leave though, he's a, he's a different dude because the first, yeah. <laughs> the first thing I listened to with him on his new, uh, his new show, he talked exactly about how much money the Patriots offered him to come back to play. He was like, they offered me a cool 6 million. I thought that money was pretty good. Uh, then I started looking at the tight ends I was going to have to cover and I was like, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking cover these guys. Um, so, you, like, Tlaib might be a guy you could ask that to, and he wouldn't care. Um, but he's also not playing right now, so it's not like 
it's right. a, he's in a different situation. Uh, yeah, he's able to go back and, and reflect. And I think that's why you get so much more out of players after they retire than yeah. in the middle of their career. So I think, yeah, with Tali, we probably could go a little further. Um, he's the last person in the world I want to piss off. True. Uh, but, yeah, there's, a, there's such a difference between guys who have already made that decision to retire versus guys who have uh, pretty much a contract year coming up. Yeah, oh, I, uh, I want Tlaib to like us so much that I can uh, eventually feel comfortable inviting him to my birthday party. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Just have him uh, kind of – oh, here's an idea. Akib Tlaib babysitter. Oh my God, that is such a good segment. <laughs> and now you should have an interview to become your babysitter. Yeah, you should have to like say why he's qualified, even if he doesn't want the job, which I'm assuming he doesn't. Does my he still interview- live in Denver? I don't know. That was one of the things I was going to ask him. Like, where, cool. are where are you? Where are you? specifically can you give us uh i don't i don't work with addresses but uh, latitude and longitude coordinates to leave that's what i'm looking for will you accept 15 dollars an hour and you can take two popsicles out of the freezer <laughs> don't touch anything in my fucking fridge but freezer free reign go right ahead yeah i think that i, I think that's where we take the interview I also thought it was interesting. Maybe the the fan just tries to take advantage of the whole Brandon Stokely, former teammates angle. And who maybe. knows? Like, there's there's no one like there's no guarantee that he and Vaughn were even like friends on the team necessarily. Uh, you know, Stokely right. was like a mid to late thirties wide receiver, and and Vaughn Miller was an outside linebacker starting his career essentially yeah what did they have two uh, seasons together i think they just had one now that i think about it yeah it was was just one well they drafted vaughn in 2011 right yeah and they signed stokely when peyton manning got there in 2012 oh okay that's right Mm -hmm. no he was there he was there the year before with uh Orton and Tebow, he was, uh, he was there. Yeah, he was there 2007, 2008, 2009. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he left right before Vaughn, and then, yeah, he came back for that year with, with Peyton. Right. Okay. So, uh, if Vaughn Miller, if you want to come on this show, I will – First thing I'm going to ask you about, your video game addiction. Yep. Yep. Maybe you should be focusing on coming back from injury rather than playing Xbox. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You want to you waste your life with video game. games, Bond? We hmm? should have a partnership with the fan and have a contest called Who Can Get a Player to Hang Up on Us Faster? <laughs> Oh, I think we could blow him out of the water with that shit. And we'd, yeah, we um, <clears throat> tested out Brandon McManus. <laughs> <laughs> AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Brandon McManus. Pretty impressive, Brandon. You won an award after beating the Jets. Yeah, seriously. No, I thought uh, he has been really good. Recently. He's been great this season. <laughs> really, really, really good, uh, to be fair. What do you th- – I mean, McManus obviously nailing field goals. Uh, the team – it felt like the team was playing a little more cohesively last week. You get players back. Are you feeling a little bit more optimistic going into this week if there is a game this week? Yeah. I mean, I think seeing how poorly the Patriots' offense performed with – Hoyer and Stidham gave me confidence more so than even watching the Broncos beat the Jets. Like Patriots, one of the best coached teams out there, right? And 
they could not overcome the crippling uh, disadvantage you have when you're playing a guy at quarterback that is a backup and he is not a good backup like Nick Foles. So their offense was just – Or Brett Rippon. Or, yeah, or Brett Rippon who played – The Patriots wouldn't take Brett Rippon right now? Oh, God. Bill Belichick's already had three dreams about Brett Rippon this week. Um, it was just like it, watching Hoyer and Stidham was exactly like watching, you know, Jeff Driscoll. And then uh, it, it's like it's just hard to get your offense to function at the, the level you want when also like the Patriots don't have – like the Patriots have, Patriots have less playmakers than the Broncos do on, on offense – so they were really inept, um, but their defense like hung with the Chiefs and kept them in that game. So that's the part that scares me now about the Broncos offense having to play the defense. But if they get the defense without Stephon Gilmore, I feel a little bit better about that. Right. I feel a little bit better, you know, about Brett Rippon. He's going to start, right? He's going to get a second start. If Locke isn't ready. Yeah, because Locke started throwing the football today. If they played this weekend – you don't start Locke. Give that, let that shoulder heal a little bit more. It's not worth it. I don't know. I mean, if he's close to ready, you really want all the all the data you can get on Drew Locke this season. I think yeah. if, he's, if he feels good, then put him out there. Okay. I'm not. I'm. I'm not about being overly cautious, necessarily. Interesting. I know it's. It feels counterintuitive, but at this point, you want to. You want to give him some difficult tests. You want to be like, oh, let's just let's rest him against New England, and then he can come back home against Miami, where he'll be more comfortable. Like, no, you gotta you gotta put young quarterbacks in situations where they are uncomfortable, and maybe he maybe he plays well, maybe it's a disaster, but you you learn more about those guys. And well, I mean, he'll be uncomfortable right after the Dolphins game because the Broncos have the Chiefs. Then they get the right. Falcons, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Saints. Damn, like those a lot of those games looked really tough and now they look very winnable. If the if I was more confident in, in the Broncos, I'd yeah. be like, "Oh, they can go on a tear." That's only a roadblock. I mean, that's the thing is you get Boye, Fant, obviously Locke back. You get Philip Lindsay back this week. It, it's not and you know, it, it's it's always impossible to replace Vaughn, uh, Jarrell Casey. You can kind of mitigate it, but – and Cortland Sutton, of course. But you get, like, half strength back, that'll, that'll really start showing up in games. They're, I don't think they're going to play as poorly as they did in Tampa Bay again, unless it's, like, in the right. state. And – Where they shit the bed. Boye is probably not coming back this week. Um, says his return is unlikely, so probably another week for him. But you've got a nice OJ stat for us, don't you, Will? Yeah, so they don't get Boye back most likely, but they do benefit from the improvement, the development of Michael OJ Mudia, who's played actually a lot better than you might think. So this is a stat that, that Nick Kendall posted on Twitter. Uh, I think Nick, Nick's one of Chad Jensen's boys at the huddle. And he wrote, Denver Broncos third-round pick Michael O.J. Mudia has given up 1.2 yards allowed per coverage snap. That's if you take out the uh, – actually, sorry. If you take out the, the Steelers game with the push-off TD, so if you eliminate that, that awful week two that he had, He's given up 0.48 yards per coverage snap, which is really, really good. So basically, he had a really, really shitty game against the Steelers. Uh, but outside of that, he's played pretty well. Yeah, you should be – I noticed – I think I noticed that last week too. And, and the week before, he looked markedly better. Yeah, no, I think we kind of talked about that. And it looks like he's very good in coverage, which – Pretty important for a corner. So, yeah, and his, his mistakes in that Steelers game, they were just very visible mistakes. You know what I mean? 
that's why it was yeah. so easy to sort of point them out. Um, not like, you know, when a, a corner blows an assignment and it looks like the, the play is somebody else's fault, but it was really like their fault, that sort of thing. Um, but it should give you confidence. One, if the Broncos do pl play the Patriots this week, Julian Edelman is okay. He's he handed the Chiefs the fucking win in that game. But outside of that, it's like their other receiving target, Nikhil Harry. I think the Broncos can lock down the Patriots' receivers. Is my point there? Um, really, your your biggest concern is James White. You know, getting passes dumped off to him. Um, so, I think you should be encouraged about the Broncos' secondary moving forward especially when A.J. Boye actually gets healthy. And I think Bryce Callahan is starting to play a little bit better every week. Um, yeah, so I'm high on them. I'm high on the Broncos' defensive line, and that's had its fair share of injuries. So let's talk about Mike Purcell. And oh, yeah. he got up, baby. a three-year extension. He had a three-year extension with $14.8 million, which is a pretty good deal for a, a defensive tackle or a nose tackle that good, I thought. Yeah, like it's but a good he, deal for the Broncos. The hardest earned, yeah, those are the hardest earned $14.8 million I've seen in a long time because he got cut like something like 10 times. I think during one season, it was probably 2018, he was on six different teams. In one calendar year, so maybe stretching back 2017, 2018, uh, which is just sounds exhausting. Yes, having to like move that many times oh, to get in an airplane that often. Ugh, I, it sounds like hell. Found a place in the AAF, the Alliance of American Football, which lasted about yes. six games. He's Salt on the Salt Lake Stallions. Salt Lake it was really good. Um, I think when he was not, you know, when the NFL kind of seemed like it was passing him by, he said he was ready to quit and become a firefighter, <clears throat> which uh, I'm glad he didn't because landed on the practice squad in Denver. And when they called him up for that Chargers game in week five, just you watched him play along with Alexander Johnson because they both happened at the same time. You're like, how, like, where has this guy been? Yeah. How did they? How do they not see anything sooner? How have, like, so many teams just totally, totally screwed up? And I wonder if it's bad talent evaluation or just not be, being a better game time performer versus uh, kind of a practice guy who doesn't really flash in, you know, without full contact or whether you can just really get that much better in one offseason. Yeah, I don't know. You shouldn't be able to improve that much. It's probably like uh, a combo. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of everything. Like he started playing a little bit better. I think a better fit with the way the Broncos started to use him. And I believe like they brought him in, right, to – because they were playing Shelby Harris at nose, weren't they? Yeah. And he did not like that, so they moved him back to the end where he actually excels, and then Purcell came in and started playing really well at, at tackle. So maybe just the chemistry of the guys he's playing with, being better utilized by the coaches, and being asked to do maybe what he does well. Sometimes you're a good player, but you get asked to – like exactly with Shelby Harris being asked to be a nose, and that's not like his strength. So uh, you see it all the time. Um, different players who are, are good – do not perform with a coaching change or a scheme change and they got to go somewhere else to like excel again. But he's just had like a, a such a journeyman career that uh, it's so cool to see a guy like him get paid, take a really team friendly deal to do it and uh, you know, feel comfortable that like the Broncos run defense should be pretty damn good assuming guys stay healthy for hopefully the rest of the, the season. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is people always point to LA's draft record, and, aside from the quarterbacks. But 
you missed on the draft, and you kind of don't hit with guys like, I don't know, Demarcus Walker, who hasn't uh, reached his full potential. But if you factor in the guys that he just finds on the waiver wire or undrafted, it's like, okay, some of your best players in the last game were Mike Purcell, who was a free agent, a waiver pickup, like a guy who was totally looked over. Uh, your starting quarterback was Brett Rippon, an undrafted free agent. And the guy who went over 100 yards receiving and scored a touchdown was Tim Patrick, who was exactly. also undrafted. <clears throat> so it's yeah. not all about, you know, nailing your picks in the draft. It would be nice. Uh, but part of it is finding those diamonds in the rough. And he seems like he's better at it than most GMs. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um I think betting on Elway to find a good free agent is about as good as it is to bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. Coming in for this mid-roll read. Week four of football in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week number five. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Not Iceland's, Will. Not, not Russia's. Not even Kazakhstan. Not Kazakhstan's. Not Kazakhstan's. America's yeah, top-rated right. sportsbook app. Use our code DNVR when you sign up at DraftKings. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus of up to a thousand dollars. On top of that great offer, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. Not rain that is wet. I'm talking money in your bank rain if you play your cards right. By play your cards right, I don't mean actual card games. Talking about DraftKings Sportsbook and sports. So if you want to know literal things, I am here to tell you about those with DraftKings. Again, download the app now, uh, code DNVR to get up to $1,000. Uh, yeah, that's, that's for a limited time at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older, Colorado only, bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Almost fucked up the number there. Just try to do ASMR right there. Yeah. Got to get that ASMR crowd. Yeah. We want, if you're listening right now, we want the hair on the back of your neck standing up. That's the goal of this show. If, If we have accomplished that, you may now turn it off. Um, okay. So, Mike Purcell, good you got your money, Mikey. John Mike. All right, you want to talk about, you want to pose this question, the COVID question? Right. Yeah, so, obviously the game this Sunday is in question. They could move it again. I honestly, I really enjoyed the Monday night doubleheader. Uh, last Monday with the Patriots, Chiefs, Falcons, uh, blah, 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 Packers. My only regret was that they didn't start the first game a little earlier. Because, right. you know, I didn't like that they bled into each other. But that could be the case this week with the Broncos and the Patriots. Or they could move it back altogether. They could switch some bye weeks around. They could play at week 18. Uh, like I think they're going to have to. But – so I'm going to ask you this question that our, our buddy Ryan Konigsberg posted, I think on Twitter, right? Yep. And then I, I was kind of thinking the same thing earlier this yeah. morning. I didn't <laughs> even realize wrote, Will wrote a very, very similar question already in the script. I didn't read through the rundown, obviously. So I put in <laughs> Ryan's question and Will's like, oh, you, you mean like the one that I had written? And then Will read Ryan's. He's like, well, Ryan worded it a little better, so we'll just go <laughs> with Ryan. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people probably were wondering about this too. But 
what do you think where do you think they have the advantage? So if they played this week and they don't have Drew Locke, maybe Noah Fant, uh, most likely AJ Boye, do you like the Brett Rippin Broncos versus the Patriots without Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore? Or would you rather take your chances with Drew Locke, Fant, and Boye back, but they have to play a healthy Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore? So do you want do you want the uh, basically the Broncos B squad versus the Patriots B squad, or do you want the Broncos at Patriots full strength? Yeah, I think I want the Broncos B squad versus the Patriots B squad. Uh, I think Locke's gonna need a game or two to get comfortable, so I don't expect Drew Locke to come back and look good because. It is a shoulder injury <laughs> to a, a quarterback. Uh, and to double confirm, it's his throwing arm, right? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> give me Brett Rippon over Hoyer or Stidham. I think the Broncos have the advantage in that matchup. And, I mean, the, the Patriots have a good secondary without Gilmore. Um, what's that? J.C. Johnson's really starting to play good. Yeah, J.C. Jackson, Jackson. and – the other guy the other guy that we <laughs> named the underrated player yeah all right we'll figure it out hold on no McCordy, i guess he's pretty good too his you've brother McCordy twins Kinda good you've got uh oh, what the hell oh yeah jonathan jones John, yeah jonathan jones he's a good player ty yes. law <laughs> rodney harrison Asante they got harrison back there I'm talking Harrison. I'm talking Ty Law. I'm talking Troy Brown coming in to play Troy corner for Brown, these guys. Playing a little corner. I um, mixed Edelman a little bit there. You never know what they're going to throw at you. Never know. Yeah, I just think uh, I'll take that matchup. If if Locke had, let's say Locke had a, a week, he got a, he got a game under his belt, then just for entertainment purposes, I would much rather watch Drew Locke versus Cam Newton. Um, yeah. But if I'm talking for a win, B squad versus B squad. What's your what's your thoughts? I thought the Patriots backups look so bad Monday that I have a lot more faith in Brett Rippon, especially after Rippon got like a a very eventful start out of the way. Yeah, kind of having a little experience under his belt made a lot happen. Very watchable quarterback. He's usually, you know, he's usually throwing touchdowns or he's throwing picks. Uh, I think he'll, I think he'll get better too. But watching Hoyer take some of the most brain dead sacks in the red zone, one to end the half, one where he fumbled. I, I haven't seen a play that like he looked like. I know I wrote it, but he looked like the love child of Joe Flacco and Kyle Orton yeah. in terms of collective pocket awareness, which is not a good thing. And then you're wondering how bad can Jarrett Stidham be if Brian Hoyer beat him out for the starting yeah. job this week. And he looks okay. He looked pretty good on the first drive and then just fell apart. I think it was uh, Ryan Rosillo tweeted while like Hoyer was playing really shitty. He just yeah. tweeted, Jared Stidham must be awesome. <laughs> right. Just like yeah. such a snarky but – Pretty on point uh, thing to say. It's exactly the point you're making. And I think the Broncos' pass rush starting to get a little better. I know they played a really banged-up Jets line, but if you've got a guy like Hoyer not getting rid of the ball, then the Broncos' defensive front has a big advantage against him. And I don't know if the Patriots would start Hoyer over Stidham this week. Uh, I don't think – I don't know if it matters, but um, – Right. I, I mean – Anything's but either of them are just like such a, a a better option for a defense to face than Cam Newton, who well, I thought you know really really has looked pretty good this season and he's yeah. looked more active than I think I've seen him or anybody has in a long time. I don't know if he's playing like you know people want to say like he's back to 2015 Cam form. No, I think that's strong, but he's he's just in a better situation where he's being coached uh, so much so much better than he was at the end in Carolina. It looked like uh, – And healthy. Yeah. yeah. 
and like his body getting a little rest right now might not actually even be a bad thing for him. Um, yeah, because he's, he's asymptomatic. Um, as you know, that doesn't always mean you can't like have damage to your lungs. But uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny on the Monday night broadcast for Jim Nance. Like we're all you know hoping and praying for for Camden's speedy recovery. He's asymptomatic. However. <laughs> His recovery from no symptoms at all. Hopefully, he really starts to feel better from feeling exactly Hopefully the same. He can uh, recover from really just uh, being positive. Yep. <laughs> he can recover from failing that test. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I do want to see Drew Locke play, however, yeah, but I, you're in a better situation to win. You know what I really I want? Track record's not great, I will say, with young quarterbacks against uh, Belichick. But, hey, Brock Osweiler did it. Yeah. Maybe Brett Ripken can, too. Yeah, if, if Belichick was giving Mahomes and the Chiefs trouble for yeah. almost three full quarters, they really had a great game. Great job. Um, it, was, it was impressive. Like, it's fun to watch Belichick coach without Tom Brady. That's all I'll it say. It really is. No, it really is. It's, and we, we've been kind of talking about that back and forth. Like who's winning in the yeah. in the separation, and I well, the Patriots are two and two, and the Buccaneers are three and one. But if you look at that, it's like, okay, what's the the driving force between the Buccaneers' hot start? It's like, I think it's their defense. Brady's played fine. Uh, I don't think he played like a guy who threw five touchdowns last week. He got put in really good positions. Uh, to, to throw touchdowns, kind of like Patrick Mahomes did. It's like, okay, maybe TD passes aren't the, you know, they're not the whole story. But Belichick's just been more creative, and he's gotten – like the, the way he's set up this reclamation project with Cam Newton is super impressive. The way that he's coaching this defense that had a ton of opt-outs. Like they're yeah. missing Dante Hightower, uh, Patrick Chung, a couple of the guys uh, that, you know – are escaping me right now and he he kept the team competitive for three quarters with Brian Hoyer uh and Jarrett Stidham until just like factors out of his control like Julian Edelman handing the ball to the Chiefs yeah I mean I think they're both like proving that they can succeed on their own yeah and you know you would hope a, a quarterback who's played in the NFL for 20 years and is still physically in great condition uh, could succeed somewhere else. It seems like you would have figured yeah. out the game by then. Right. Um, and it's not always the case, case for a coach when he loses his quarterback, right? Like some coaches, I don't know, like John Fox without Peyton Manning <laughs> didn't really yeah. work out. Um you know, you see that. So Tom Brady succeeding, that's an easier bet because he went to a good team with a good defense with a lot of weapons. And he might not be where he was at like three or four years ago in terms of physically with his arm talent, but he's like, he's still good enough to get the job done. So I'm not surprised that they're doing fine down there. I don't think they're good enough to get to the Super Bowl unless they really start playing better. Um, the Patriots aren't either. So that's what's like fun to kind of follow this is who do you who do you think gets in their way in NFC? The Buccaneers? Yeah. Uh like in the playoffs, the Packers, right. the Seahawks. See, I don't I don't trust the Seahawks defense. Well, I don't either, I but I think it's really like man. The teams that are so hot on offense in the regular season always tend to slow down in the playoffs by, you know a pretty significant margin. Um, and the teams with bad defenses get exposed later in the season. Obviously. I mean, I, I'm not breaking any news now. I do I, I do think I agree with you that the one team I think that can take them out and probably will take them out is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> – what's funny, maybe, like, we need to see – I think the Rams and the Buccaneers – are basically the same right now. They've both shown a little bit in terms of being able to be dangerous, I think, but I'm right. not sold on either one of them. 
I guess we need to see more from the Seahawks defense, but if you take the Seahawks out of the equation, the NFC is just one good team right now. It's the Packers. Yeah, it's just it's crazy because a couple of years ago, maybe even last year, the talk was about how like the conferences are so imbalanced and the NFC has so much uh so much more I don't know, so many more good teams, I guess, than the AFC. And now you, you think like I think AFC's got most of the good teams right now. Yeah. You can look at you, you throw in the Browns being three and one. Uh obviously at the Chiefs. Yeah, the uh, all the good teams. The Colts are, are back to, to being a playoff team, I think. Yeah. No, it's it's funny, too, because the Browns are averaging, like, over 200 rushing yards a game, which is crazy when a team does that. It makes you really dangerous. 95 yards out of a guy named DeErnest Johnson. Yeah. DeErnest Johnson goes to <laughs> camp. DeErnest – you remember the Ernest movies? Holy the shit. DeErnest scores a touchdown. Uh I guess we should throw in the NFC. You should throw the Saints in there because should you? They should get a little bit better once they get Michael Thomas back, and even in their their losses to the Packers and the Raiders, they scored twenty four and thirty points. So I guess we'll we'll see in November when the Saints and Buccaneers play again. Maybe both teams are kind of at full strength and you get a better read on, on those guys. But the Saints could crawl back into that conversation of being an NFC team that could make the playoffs. But, um, yeah, the NFC's got a lot of bad teams. I mean, you're talking about, like, uh, so the Cardinals dropped down to 2-2. Two and two. You got the 0-4 Giants, the 1-3 and three Cowboys, the 1-3 and three Washington football team, the Eagles leading at 1-2-1. and one. Then the NFC North, the Lions and the Vikings are both one and three. The Bears are three and one, but nobody really believes the Bears are a really good football team. Right. So maybe the team that made the Super Bowl coming out of the NFC last year lost all their good players and, and just lost to the Eagles at home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, what else do we need to do? What else did we want to talk about? Oh, J.J. Watt may have helped get Bill O'Brien fired. Oh. So I saw some tweets about this. And this tweet I'm reading, I forget, oh, from John Granado, who a lot of people thought was like a fake account. But uh, when Bleacher Report and those other companies start running with the story, I, I think it's safe. But it says, a source tells me that J.J. Watt and Bill O'Brien had a heated exchange on the practice field this week of the Steelers game in which J.J. called Bill O'Brien out for his coaching ability. It began a player revolt that ended up getting Bill O'Brien fired. So, yeah. I think the first thing you have to do with these accounts that, like, you're like, how did this guy get the scoop over Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Jay Glazer, any of those guys? The first thing you have to ask is, do they have, like, a joke name? Like, is the guy's name, like, Mike Hawk? Or, <laughs> uh, more realistically, Barry McCockiner? I thought this might have been a, a Barry McCockiner posing as Adam Schefter tweet, where it starts as a thread like this, and then it goes down to, like, oh, blah, 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 then they had gay sex and made up in the locker room. <laughs> um, no, this is, if this is true, it's the best thing that J.J. Watt's ever done for the Texans. Yeah, and I think – I think John McClain tweeted something similar. So he's like a big reporter who covers the oh, yeah. Texans and Cowboys, right? He kind of covers both I of those teams. I think he's maybe the Cowboys. He's been in, he's been in Houston since uh, the Oilers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so when I saw him tweet about it, I felt better and Bleacher Report. Uh, but you're right. Like that, and that was exactly the – because I threw this joke into the last episode – about Dwayne Haskins getting benched. And I was like, this may be the greatest thing J.J. Watt has done for the city of Houston, surpassing the 40-plus million dollars he raised for Hurricane yeah. Relief. Like, I think that's how ready people were to move on from Bill O'Brien. And it exactly. made me feel – because in the Bill O'Brien got fired episode, I tried to give O'Brien a little bit of credit because I felt bad for ripping on him. I was basically saying, like, I, well, when we wrote that, 
we were saying like he's a, been a decent coach. We'll give him credit yeah. for that, but doesn't seem like the players think he's a good coach anymore. So maybe we were too kind to Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I mean, it's still a mystery how a guy with multiple playoff appearances and multiple playoff wins gets axed before Adam Gase does. Yeah. I, I think it was probably just one of those things where it's overdue and it's time. And he – if they had only done it after last season. After yeah, it would have been – Would have been – Things would be so much – Things would be so much different in Houston. Assuming DeAndre Hopkins is on their roster right now. Yeah. It's a tough pull to swallow. Really is. I'm glad I'm not a Texans fan. Um, I like DeAndre. Uh, fuck. Why? I was. Why am I just calling him DeAndre Watkins? <laughs> DeAndre Watkins is his new name. DeAndre, I'm confusing DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson right now. Oh. Uh, but if De- I would like Deshaun. Watson on my team. Yeah, no shit. But, the, you know, the Houston Texans as a whole, probably not. Not at this point. Not a fun place to coach. No. Have they only had two – Who who've been their head coaches? Kubiak, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, to be fair, they've only had three head coaches in their history, and Kubiak was there from 2006 to 2013, and then O'Brien was there – for another seven years, or close to seven years, six and a half. Their first coach was Dom Capers, I believe. Uh, they started in 2002. So at least they so commit to coaches. coaches. Yeah. No, definitely. I think that's actually really important. Um, if you're it a is. coach considering that job, like – And quarterbacks. Yeah, you've got your quarterback, and maybe the organization hasn't made all of the right decisions in the personnel department. But if you can rely on them to keep you employed for a good amount of time, that's a, that's a bigger upside than a lot of other organizations. Like if you're like, if the Broncos moved on, tried to find a new head coach this year, that's not a, that's not a sexy place to go because they cycle through them too quickly. So maybe that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's times where you could be like, all right, this clearly isn't working out like Vance Joseph or Josh McDaniels, who's, still the worst head coach slash GM I think I've ever encountered. Even just more toxic than Hugh Jackson by far. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to, you know, do the old sunk cost fallacy and get rid of them uh, sooner rather than later. I think you should do the same thing with quarterbacks too. Like I think there's no reason uh, Dwayne Haskins shouldn't have started the rest of the season. I don't think he's being – demoted because he's black right Kyle Allen's white but like I think you know you're not going anywhere this season and Kyle Allen's not the future neither is Alex Smith um so either like if he's not Rivera's guy when Rivera gets the job then get rid of him and let him go to a team where he has a chance uh otherwise like play it out and see if he gets better and because some guys are gonna be great right away uh and then they might regress like Baker Mayfield. Other guys start slow and then get better. I think the only exception to that is a guy like Josh Rosen where if you know you have a better quarterback basically on the roster because you have the first overall pick and you right. can get better, you feel pretty secure about that, then, yeah, pull the trigger. I agree. It could be the case for a team that gets uh, the number one pick and has you know, Trevor Lawrence in the crosshairs. Right. I think – I agree with that. The only point I would make is I don't I would I don't know if if Kyle Allen is worse or better than Dwayne Haskins. Right now, I think there's, you know, you can make that case. He really really regressed last season. No, he he, was, they got rid of, uh, he played like five very good games and five I think like really really bad games. So, yeah. He's shown he played better games than we've seen Haskins really play maybe like overall, but maybe if you really thought you had a a chance with Kyle Allen, then I think there's something there to see what you have in him. If you legitimately believe like this could be the guy and I'm not saying I think Kyle Allen is the guy or even Dwayne Haskins. I'm not sure either is good, but I agree. Like 
you you invested in Haskins, so this is the perfect season to let him play it out too. Like, right? You've got What's like nobody's yeah. got anything. Everybody's playing with like house money this season, so just fucking let the dude play and evaluate it that way. But yeah, because then you let him play the rest of the season. And he doesn't get any better. If he gets worse then you feel very confident in your decision to to move on. Yeah. And if you got to draft somebody else, like you said, in the next draft, then you can. You know for sure he's not your guy. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And, but if we get to see Alex Smith play, that'd be pretty cool. I really don't like the people on, like, Reddit and Twitter um, that give athletes – medical advice and be like he shouldn't play like Alex Smith like I hope he doesn't play ever again like I don't want to see that it's not your decision is it I think if the doctors say it's okay and the the player decides he's okay with that then uh, maybe shut the fuck up (laughs) it's like the same thing that happened to Jake Butt it's like no he should he needs to retire right now just retire and meanwhile he's like the only healthy player on the Broncos right now (laughs) He's literally their strongest player right now. <laughs> He's going to start this week. All right. Uh, we'll be back with the Broncos prediction episode uh, Saturday. I think I do those here. And yeah. if, there, if there are predictions to be made. If there are predictions to be made. Maybe it's a Monday night game. Who knows? That's what I'm rooting for. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you go to Will's Twitter account and give him some medical advice. Please. Tell me I should retire. (laughs) Good night. Good luck. Fuck yeah. Week four of football is in the books. The library books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week number five. Now, there's no better place to get in on all of the action then with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 5, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odds, boosts, every Sunday to help make it rain. Don't worry, football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving all of you basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any b-ball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.